Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, our rapid review of prelim finals for this week. Only two games, of course. The Parramatta Eels knocking over the North Queensland Cowboys, 24-20. And then, of course, we had the second game, the Penrith Panthers, 32, over the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 12 there. We'll get into that game a little bit later, but... We'll start with the Eels and the Cowboys game. Now, we didn't get to do a live reaction to this one, so we haven't actually spoken about it on the podcast since the game finished. So um, just didn't have time to do the live review. Had a bit going on. But uh, the Parramatta Eels, what a performance, 24-20. to um, I think with 20 minutes to go, they were down by eight. Now, that's normally the spot where you see the Parramatta Eels look most uncomfortable for me. I didn't think they looked that uncomfortable, to be honest with you, did they? For the first time ever in finals footy, I probably shouldn't say that, probably since the Penrith game last year when I thought, geez, they really didn't look that uncomfortable in finals. I still didn't think, still didn't think they'd be able to achieve it this year to get to where they are. Uh, as I said to you guys, I thought the Cowboys would win this, but for the Paramount Eels to come back from that, uh, obviously had a few tough calls go against them, had a few tough calls go their way as well, to be fair, uh, but I thought it was a great little victory there. And the North Queensland Cowboys, if you want to have a listen to our season review for the Cowboys, we just dropped that a little bit earlier today for you guys to go and have a listen to. Uh, but this game kicked off, and the Cowboys, they went for a really early spread, which was good to see. You don't see that all that often in the NRL, especially come finals time, but they showed their hand very early. Uh, they played to the conditions. It was pretty dry up there. They were able to move the ball around. They showed early that they weren't going to die not trying, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys. So, very good early spread. The end of that set, Drinky puts a kick up to the right winger, Wonga Blake. We know that he's been tested a lot over the last few weeks and struggled. Uh, and of course, uh, Toilungi, he came down with the ball here. Clint Gutherson put on a fantastic tackle to take him over the sideline. I was filthy. Had Murray as my first try scorer. I had a decent whack at him as well. I thought it was a fantastic tackle by Clint Gutherson though and it wouldn't be the last big defensive effort that he would make for the night. As it turns out, it was a penalty on Toilungi and the Parramatta Eels marched out of their own end. But not taking anything away from Clint Gutherson, I thought that was a big play. And then just a couple of minutes later, you had the North Queensland Cowboys, I believe it was Chad Townsend, put in a really nice little kick that if it would have got past Gutho, which it looked like it was going to for all money, it stayed low and Gutho was coming at top pace to get there. I think the Cowboys would have scored off the back of that and Gutho came up with a huge take on his on his bootstraps. Very, very impressive at pace. I 
I, I gave him next to no hope of coming out with the ball, and he managed to. So Gutho, he was having a fantastic game, and he, he went on to have even more big defensive plays, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but I'm very, very impressed with Gutho and his performance. Uh, the first try came through Win, Will Pensini. Uh, Mitch Moses, we've spoken about all the kick pressure that has to be applied to him. The Cowboys did a good job in this moment, uh, but they managed to allow Moses to sort of hit and spin, turn through a ball around his back, which, I mean, it was forward, I believe, anyway, to Isaiah Papali. He went through and found Pensini to score the first try. Look, I thought live the pass was a mile forward. When you went back and watched it on the replay, it was forward, but it wasn't as big as I thought it was. I think just Mitch Moses throwing around his body made it look worse than what it was, but I still do believe the pass was forward. But when I watched it back, I could understand how the referees did let it go because it was close to being flat, but it still was forward. It still was the wrong call, in my opinion. Uh, But, yeah, credit to Mitch Moses. Came up with that play when all the pressure was on him. He was spinning. He was, you know, all all rattled in that moment. Came up with that. Still managed to find some space and managed to get the ball out there. At least not crazy enough forward to be called. So, credit to him. Unlucky for the Cowboys, though. As I said, they looked like they were going to score two tries before this. And then you put good kick pressure, which we haven't seen enough of in the finals so far on the halfback. And he comes up with that sort of play. They managed to score over it. Pretty disheartening for the North Queensland Cowboys. But they did manage to get back in it through Ruben Cotter, our boy. Scored a fantastic try. To be fair, the defense was fucking awful from Parramatta. That was a real worrying moment for me. But then a few minutes later, the biggest moment of the game, Jason Taumalolo, uh, he gets sin-binned for a play that happened a couple of minutes before. I thought it was fair enough, to be honest with you. I thought it was a pretty uh, ugly shot. I think the guys that I was with, there was some that were calling for a send-off. I thought a sin-bin was probably fair. It looks like he will miss a lot of the World Cup now, Jason Taumalolo, or a couple of weeks anyway, which is a... Huge, huge loss for the Tongan side. That'll really, really hurt them early. Hopefully, he can sneak it out in a couple of trial games and then in early in in early World Cup matches as well, the pool matches. Um, obviously, in that ten minute period. The Parramatta Eels did strike Ryan Madison throwing a fantastic ball to Regan Campbell-Gillard in what was possibly the game of his career, RCG. I thought he was fantastic. Obviously scored two tries, and that's easy on the scoreboard to say he played well. But the energy that he brought when he was on the field, as I said, during the season, I thought he was Parramatta's best forward in the final series last year. And fuck, didn't he stand up again in this game? Very, very impressive. I thought the ball from Madison, though, he called it on the play before, I would say. It was something they were trying to get at Chad Townsend. Townsend shot in when he really didn't need to, and I'll put Regan Campbell-Gillard through there. So, great ball by Ryan Madison. Fantastic. There was the, the next try. Now, it ended up being Leigh Lewis scored the try, and Mitch Moses, a bit of a uh Bit of controversy, him him sort of tripping away from the play. The ball obviously being held in there, then falling over. Great recognition from Reese Robson, though, to sum it up very quickly. But if you go back and have a look just a few tackles before, Val Holmes, he is going to score for all money. And Wonga Blake comes up with a huge one-on-one tackle. Not something that Wonga Blake is overly known for throughout his career. So I thought that really deserved a mention. I thought Wonga Blake, defensively, he was pretty damn good. I've been waiting for him to make a mistake, waiting for him to fuck up. And I'll probably bet against him next week as well, to be honest with you. But so far, this final series... He's proven me wrong, no doubt about it. He's been close on a couple of occasions to uh, leaking points and whatnot, but I think as a whole, he's done pretty well. I thought this tackle on Val Holmes, if you don't remember it, go and have a look. Same set as the Leilua try. Comes up with a huge, huge play there. But then Leilua did cross over. Reese Robson 
Really good ruck recognition, really good ball playing there to put him over. Clint Gutherson came up with another try saver just after that as well, over on the other side. And then just before halftime, Val Holmes, he took a penalty goal to make it 12 all at halftime. So I believe both games were 12 all at halftime. How good is that for prelim finals? Uh, sensational stuff. Pretty even matchup at this point. I really did feel like it was either teams to be taken. I thought that the team that started well in the second half would go a long way to winning it. And, of course, uh, you had uh, Scotty Drinkwater. Sorry, I almost forgot his name. Scotty Drinkwater. He made a little half break where he beat Mitch Moses early in the second half. And then Gutho came up with another big stop as well. Honestly, Gutho, I reckon he made four or five defensive plays that potentially kept points off the scoreboard. He was fucking everywhere. Clint Gutherson. Uh, Toolung, he did manage to score. Griffin Neem with a nice little run offload to Tommy Dearden. And then the next play, Toolung, uh, Val Holmes put Toolung into the corner. Was the pass forward? Uh, possibly controversial. Uh, I didn't get to have as good a look at this one a few times as I did the first one. Uh, but a lot of people blowing up about that. It was, of course, going to be the last points, though, that the North Queensland Cowboys would score in 2022. They were up by eight points with 23 minutes to go. And for me... Uh, Uh, The biggest turning point of this entire game was the Sean Lane intercept. What a game Sean Lane had. And there's a few big moments we talk about at the back end when the game is on the line where Sean Lane came up with massive efforts. And the first one was this intercept on his own 40-meter line. If the Cowboys can just complete that set, kick to the other end, hold on to their eight-point lead, it's a completely different game of football. Off the back of that, Regan Campbell-Gillard, he scores off the back of some great ball playing from Reid Marnie and once again, some pretty soft defense by the North Queensland Cowboys. I don't know if it was a miscommunication or what it was, but it almost looked like one of those tries that when you see it, it looks so easy, there must be something wrong with it. I think you saw Scotty Drinkwater sort of have that reaction and then just realized, hold on, this is just bang fucking average defense from us, which we have not done all season. So that one was a real stinger. And then, of course... Micah Sivo, what a try he scored at the end. A great ball from Sean Lane going into contact, hitting and spinning, sort of throwing it around his body and hitting an open Micah Sivo out on the sting. A fantastic play by Sean Lane there. Very good. It looked like the Cowboys were going to get back into it. Kyle Felt, he stepped on the sideline in the process of scoring a try. Great ball by Drinkwater as well. Probably deserved more points. Probably deserved some points, not no points there. Uh, but unlucky that Kyle Felt stepped out. Uh, but then there was, there was a couple of moments in the back end of this game in the last four or five minutes that really stood out to me. And they're moments that traditionally Parramatta, they tend to lose these moments at the back end of big finals games or when the game's on the line in big finals moments, they tend to lose these games. So when they were down by eight with 23 to go, normally if I'm the Parramatta Eels and I'm playing away from home and I'm down by eight with 20 minutes to go, you're done. You're just, Parramatta have never been the team to be able to pull themselves out of the fire there. They did it tonight, but then in the, they did it that that night. But then in, in the last few minutes, a few massive plays for me. The first one was when they managed to get Jason Taumalolo one-on-one with Mitch Moses with four minutes left on the clock, and they were behind by four points. Taumalolo runs over the vast majority of halfbacks in this competition in this moment. Mitch Moses, he just shows a jersey. He gets up, and he absolutely whacks him, shows a body. I've been so impressed with Mitch Moses and his defense over the last two years. He has improved out of sight. I feel like with Mitch Moses, we don't give him enough credit for the positive things he does. I feel like I'm always harping on about it, and people always tell me, oh, he's overrated, he's shit, he's this, he's that. He is a premier halfback in our game, and the things that he wasn't great at a few years ago, going for the highlight plays, his defense, he has worked on it all 
so much relentlessly kicking game. I just thought this was a huge moment in the career of Mitch Moses where Jason Tamalolo coming at him previous years. I think he probably gets through Mitch Moses in this moment, but he stood his ground. It's what the Parramatta Eels were all about in this game. So there was, there was that one. There was then the Sean Lane charge down. Uh, if he didn't charge that ball down, I'm telling you right now, Kyle Felt scores for all money. It was a perfect kick from Chatty Townsend. And for Sean Lane to come up with that big moment to charge that ball down, the Parramatta Eels win it. Just massive. Another moment that, you know, the Parramatta Eels, they probably don't win over the last few years. And the most important thing was the charge down was fantastic by Lane, but then they got to the ball first. They won the scramble for the ball in that moment, where it was a 50-50 pill. And that's quite often where the Parramatta Eels have let themselves down over the years. And then on the very last play, same thing. Balls on the deck. Little little knockback by Nanai. Who's going to get there first? And who, who gets there? Bailey Simonson. Uh, Bailey hasn't been in the team for the vast majority of the year. He's coming to this side. He's playing out of position. I was shocked when they played Bailey there, to be perfectly honest with you. I would not have played him at centre. I would have played Nia Corey there every day of the week. Brad Arthur, he backed his guy in. Now, I was lucky enough to spend a brief amount of time with Bailey during the preseason when he was doing a bit of training um, at a local park with the, with a coach down there. And just watching the intensity that he was going at, I sort of thought, I was sitting there watching him going, fuck, he is keen here coming to Sydney. He is keen. I spoke to him briefly after about how excited he was to be at Parramatta and everything. And he's just been preparing himself just in case this sort of an opportunity came up. And I thought he was fantastic in this game. I really did. Crazy to think is in 2019, he was on the bench for the Canberra Raiders in that game. I'm not sure where Tommy Opachik's at this week or whether he's playing or not, but if Bailey Simonson gets another grand final, two grand finals in just a short, in four or five years, what an incredible knock for a guy that a lot of people probably didn't have in their Raiders best 17, a guy that people didn't have in their... Parramatta Hills best 17, a really good knock. So I'm really hoping that he does get an opportunity there. But if Tommy Obachik is available, you go him every day of the week. There is no doubt about that. The Parramatta Eels, they did what I didn't think they could do. They're in the 2022 NRL Grand Final. A sensational season for them. It's great to see them get here. I was a little bit worried. There were a lot of speed bumps. But in this game, for the first time in a long time, the Parramatta Eels have won those moments that other teams have always won over them. Obviously, the Sean Lane intercept. Then the Sean Lane charge down. The Mitch Moses tackle on Jason Tamalolo. All of the plays that Clint Gutherson came up with that previously would have probably just gone past him. Those little things that go wrong come finals time. The Parramatta Eels, they just seem to be putting it all together. So credit to them. A fantastic W there. Uh, hopefully they do well in this grand final. I'm tipping the Panthers to win. I'm not going to hide away from that. Uh, but geez, what the scenes it would create if the Parramatta Eels managed to win this one would be sensational. Playing in their, well, trying to win their first grand final since 1986 and playing in their first grand final since 2009. Credit to the Eels. A fantastic performance. Really looking forward to seeing how they handle the week. I know from talking to previous players at the Parramatta, especially from the 2001 side, uh, the whole lead up to the week, they just, they didn't handle it overly well. They they were a little bit nervous the entire week and then you had the Newcastle Knights on the other side who had a bit of grand final experience from 97, had guys like Joey and these sort of fellas. They were just cool as a cucumber and ready to take it on. And I sort of, I wonder if Parramatta fall into that same trap again this year because you obviously got the Penrith Panthers. They've played in the last two. They know how it works. They know what they're ordering at grand final breakfast. They know the whole fucking routine, how to get themselves up for it. They've made mistakes the lead up to the 2020 grand final. They made mistakes there during the week, a very similar situation to the 1990 Penrith Panthers, sorry. So they've been there, they've done it, they've been successful, they've been failures. Big advantage coming into grand final week compared to this Parramatta side who really hasn't had 
many guys feature in grand finals before. I'm just thinking about their their side off the top of the dome. Not a heap of grand final experience there. Obviously, your spine in particular, uh, no grand finals there. Probably a few throughout the team. I guess I'm, I'm just talking off the top of my head here. Ryan Madison, he's obviously featured in a grand final. I'm not sure if there's really is many more outside of him, though, realistically. So it will be a big test for them, but... A great performance against the Cowboys, away from home, down by eight with 20 minutes to go to win by four. A fantastic performance by the Parramatta Eels and credit to them. If you want to have a listen to a bit more detail on the North Queensland Cowboys, as we said, we did drop a deep review of their season a little bit earlier today. So feel free to go back and have a listen to that if you want a little bit more on the North Queensland Cowboys. All right, let's get into the second game. We did do a live reaction to this one. Uh, My thoughts haven't changed all that much since then, to be perfectly honest with you. The Panthers, 32 over the Rabbitohs, 12. Uh, Really great defensive effort from the Rabbitohs for the first 30, 35 minutes. Really put it to the Panthers. I think at halftime, Nathan Cleary'd kick for 400 metres, which a lot of the time people are like, wow, what a performance, 400 metres. Look, he kicked for 400 metres in this game because the Rabbitohs' defence was so good and the Panthers couldn't get out of their own end in the first half. Uh, so, like, I really do think that's more of a credit to the Rabbitohs than to Nathan Cleary, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but it was pretty evident early what Cleary was trying to do. He was trying to get the ball to Latrell. We spoke about it on Coach's Clipboard, putting it into little awkward spots so it was bound bouncing down to Latrell, sort of forcing him to take more hit-ups than what he's usually comfortable with. And when they were on top in the early few minutes of this game, he was able to do it easy. He did it twice. But then as South Sydney started to get on the front foot and cause a bit of havoc, uh, it became very, very difficult for him. Uh, I thought Lachlan Elias, he had some really good touches early in this game. He had a forced dropout that was a great little nudge. Uh, and then he just, he just a little play where he identified something down the right end. You obviously start to notice that every time Campbell Graham came up with the ball, Kikau was fucking flying out of the line going berserk. Something that Ilias watched. So every single time after, well, not every time, but a few times after that when Kikau shot out, Ilias made sure he got the ball down that short side, just taking on a different combination down that Panthers left edge without their big guy there. And just really good recognition by Ilias to take that on. Uh, I really do think he's developing into a really, really quality player. Uh, We then had Latrell Mitchell. He came out of dummy half, got absolutely whacked. I think it was Spencer Lino, I think it was. Don't quote me on who it was, but a big hit. You can see that rattled Latrell a little bit. I thought that as a whole, his night was a little bit off Latrell Mitchell. I thought a lot of his passes were very premeditated, as in he knew what he was doing before he got the ball instead of sort of reading the Panthers' defense. Maybe that's just credit to the Panthers' defense because he's just been doing that stuff so easy all year. But I thought he sort of knew what he was going to do before he did it. I thought I would have liked to have seen Latrell probably take the Penrith Panthers on a little bit more. Those three-on-threes that he normally just peels, I wish I would have, he would have just gone at him a little bit more. would have been good to see. I did think he had a couple of huge moments, though, that no one's talking about. Uh, I thought the the chase on Viliami Kikau when he had the charge down later in the game, I thought that was massive. Uh, and they obviously scored a couple of plays later, but I thought that was a huge little chase down. But as a whole, pretty disappointing night from Latrell Mitchell. Cody Walker obviously scored the first try. He, he was good to start with, but then by halftime, had missed six tackles, missed the crucial one on Brian Toto as well. You could see how frustrated uh, Cody Walker was. So not a fantastic night at the office for him. Uh, he obviously had Isaac Tungo. He looked like he scored the first try. It went upstairs, no try, which I thought was fair enough. Uh, but then it turned into a Walker try at the other end, a huge, huge, 
huge momentum swing there. I thought it was pretty evident in the first 25 minutes that Mitch Kenny probably not up to what the Penrith Panthers needed him to be, and that's probably not taking anything away from Mitch Kenny. I think it's more so got to do with just the amazing combination that Appy Curacao has with his halves and his understanding of the game. Um, you could just tell when Mitch Kenny was on the field, they weren't flowing. As soon as Appy came on the field, it all changed. And Ivan Cleary, he pulled the trigger on Appy straight after uh, we had Richie Kennar score in the corner. Good little ball playing from Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. Just held up their passes for the right timing. And then Isaiah Task went through the line, through an offload, uh, going through traffic. Sensational little ball. Love him at left center. I hope he stays there for the Bunnies next year. Putting Richie Kennar over, playing his second game of first grade this year. Scored three tries in his first one try here. We did mention on Coach's Clipboard that, of course, Richie Kennar throughout the season in New South Wales Cup, he's only played two games on the wing. I think he's played 19 at center. So a big test for him coming into a first First grade game against the Penrith Panthers. I thought he held himself really well. But of course, as soon as Tass put Kenar over, Ivan Cleary pulled the trigger. Api Curacao straight onto the field. When he came on the field, the Panthers were down 12-0. He stayed on for the next 56 minutes. These 56 minutes, yeah, they were massive. The Panthers won this period 26-0 when he was on the field. He left the field and Nathan Cleary scored at the back end, but 26-0 during this 56 minutes when Appy was on the field and before that, they looked like they were going like a busted asshole. They looked fucking awful. Uh, very, very impressive performance from Appy. Obviously scored the first one. A really quick play, the ball from Viliami kick out. Credit to him. He got kind of whacked on that play and a lot of guys had sort of been a little bit embarrassed in that moment or, you know, try and get up and go again or wrestle a little bit. Kick out. Just all about his football team, the Penrith Panthers. Gets to his feet as quickly as he can. Doesn't try to fight for another meter. The markers were ready to go at him again. Just gets a quick play the ball because he knew that his nine would be ready to go. He puts him on the front foot and then Appy just does what Appy does best. Absolutely bamboozled is the entire line. He sort of got Latrell Mitchell caught in no man's land, put a big right foot on him, had him spinning. As soon as you can see your opposition's jersey, you know you've got them absolutely beaten. You could see that big one on Latrell's back when he had him spinning and Appy Curacao, what a player he is. Incredible stuff. Got them back into it. 12-6 with a couple of minutes remaining until half time uh, and then of course we had the Brian To'o try with the Cody Walker missed tackle where he went about 80 metres there a sensational play from Brian To'o I know that Blocker he got pretty heavily stuck into Latrell saying it was a shit ball and look I'll talk about Campbell Graham in a minute but I'm sorry that's a ball that Campbell Graham's got to catch hit him square on the chest I don't know how you could possibly blame that on Latrell to be perfectly honest with you but Brian To'o he took advantage of that uh, and scored there. So all of a sudden, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they've had all the ascendancy. The Panthers have had three tries taken off them, and they look up the scoreboard and go, fuck me, it's 12 all. That's when I sort of thought, wow, the Bunnies are in a little bit of curry here. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle this situation because it was a tough one to be in. You couldn't have played much better. You couldn't have done much more. You look up, and it's 12 all because this team played footy for six or seven minutes. Just Unbelievable stuff. Should be noted at halftime, the Panthers, they made 50 more tackles than the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Bunnies had more ball. Panthers made 50 more tackles, but they missed three less tackles. So that's the sort of team that we are dealing with here. They make 50 more than you, which is, what is that, like five or six sets, even more, six or seven, eight sets or something like that. Ridiculous. And they're still missing less tackles. So pretty fucking wild there for the Penrith Panthers. And it felt like they were falling off tackles left, right, and center. Oh, we came out in the second half. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As we said, the kick-out charge down was a really big one. A big chase from Latrell. Unfortunately for Trell, uh, Nathan Cleary managed to pick him a little bit out of position later and put Spencer Lenu in under the sticks. How good is Spencer Lenu going? There's another moment that we'll talk about later that involves him, but his impact off the bench has been unbelievable. When they played Isaiah Papaliti the other day, he really went after him in week one. That's a rivalry that I cannot wait to see emerge on grand final day. That's going to be sensational. He's one hell of a footballer, though. Uh, the next try came through. Isaac Tungo, our boy Jerome Luai, putting in a brilliant little kick for him. Uh, after that, it was sort of one-way traffic, to be fair. I thought Cody Walker had a couple of good plays in this next 20 minutes or so. I think he forced two line dropouts with really nice nudges. Uh, I think they lost one of the uh, line dropouts, though, and then neither of them came to points. Spencer Lienu, we just spoke about him then, how good he's been going. He made a break sort of at the back end of the game. Clean line break, went over the top of Cody Nicarima. Uh, got tackled, dropped the ball. We went upstairs to have a look, and turns out Tane Milne came in swinging with a flying left arm. Uh, a lot of people getting stuck into Tane, and look, it was a shit play. It was awful. Uh, I actually worked with Tane's uh, missus for a couple of years, a few years ago. Got to, got to meet Tane once or twice. It's actually a really nice guy. I know a lot of people are calling him a thug and all this sort of stuff. He's a nice guy. He's just got this little hot-headed... Um, sort of side to him. He's not a bad fella. He just has these moments in him, unfortunately, Tane. And this one's going to be pretty costly. I think it's going to cost him uh, any World Cup appearances for Fiji, which I know will be absolutely devastating for him. I think there'll be a bit of a financial loss there as well. And he does have to get this sort of stuff out of his game because he is very talented, very strong, very... Very mobile as well. I mean, he, he sort of is a really good body shape that you want. He's hard to handle. Um, obviously got caught out off a couple of bombs there the other night. He has got errors in him. There's no doubting that. But uh, the, And, like, you can deal with errors, but it's these little brain explosions that he has that you just can't deal with. This final series, he's played three games. He's been sent off once and sin been twice. So uh, simply not good enough from Tane. He needs to get better next year and improve that part of his game. But... That is the sort of guy that he is. He is a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, and, that, and, you know, when he's going good and he's he's intimidating for your side, it's exactly what you want. But, fuck, when it goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong. So I think Tane does need to bend something a little bit in his game over the next few months heading into next season. Uh, Abby Curacao came off. Nathan Cleary came off his right foot. Sort of bamboozled Latrell at fullback, put in a little nudge for himself and scored off the back of it. He's in supreme form at the moment, Nathan Cleary. Very, very special. We posted a a podcast yesterday and a post on the Guru page as well, talking about Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai. They're actually the first halves to appear as starting halves in three grand finals in a row since the great Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny, 81, 82, 83. So pretty fucking wild stuff there. Uh, they actually went in 84 as well, those two. So uh, they won three from four, but they appeared in four grand finals in a row as starting halves. This Sunday, the Penrith Panthers halves, Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, they will appear in their third in a row of starting halves. Hopefully, they can get the W for the Penrith Panthers faithful and have a record of two and one, which would be pretty handy. It's going to be a cracking grand final, though, where we'll be going into Bloke in a Bar Studios a little bit later today. Actually, before I do get to that, Campbell Graham. I said I'd talk about him. I don't have his exact running stats up here. I would assume he went for about 150 metres. I'm just getting it up as I'm talking about him. But I thought these were, however many metres it is, I'm going to guess 150 
let's have a look. Campbell Graham, he ran for 163 metres. I thought it was quite possibly the toughest 163 metres I've ever fucking seen. You go back and watch the runs Campbell Graham was taking, the impact that he was wearing a Philly Army kickout, he was everywhere. Graham came up with a couple of big defensive plays as well, but I thought his metres were sensational. They, that's 163 of the toughest metres, 68 post-contact metres through the middle, seven tackle breaks. I thought he was unreal. 19 tackles as well, only missed two. So a huge performance by Campbell Graham. Uh, I I really do hope that he gets a shot to go on this World Cup tour. I think it'll be a fantastic little pick. You can play him at centre or we can cover so many positions. So reliable. Uh, I thought he was great in this game. And you've got to remember as well, on top of that, he is carrying a broken rib and still doing what he was doing. Honestly, go back and watch the rivalry between him and Kikau throughout this game and some of the shots that he wore and how many times Kikau went after him. Fucking impressive from Campbell Graham. He is a champion, champion player. We will be going into Bloke in a Bar Studios a little bit later today to review these prelim games and talk a little bit about the grand final and some of the hot topics. So stay tuned for that on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We'll also have the South Sydney Rabbitohs. We'll be reviewing their season a little bit later today. That should be out at about 11 o'clock, I would say. So plenty more content coming your way today on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. <laughs>